This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday. Ryan Horvath, BetMGM today is going to join us next hour. We have to get through BetQL Court. We have to settle some things here on the network, including Horvey calling out Joe, Joe O, last Friday night. So we'll get to all that right now. We're going to go out to the Roman guest line, and we're going to talk to Doug Kide for Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the Roman guest line, NFL offseason, and, of course, the draft just five weeks away, the first round tomorrow night doug welcome to the show and um you know let's start with yesterday because a lot of buzz around the nfl for malik willis's pro day and you know we've been looking at props the last couple of weeks on who will be the first quarterback selected and willis has become the favorite uh what's your thought right now doug on, on how high malik willis's stock is you know his it looks like when he's in shorts and a t-shirt he's a top five pick and then you you know you see what he did in college as a player and you're, you kind of have some questions on how great he is yeah, he's a really interesting prospect uh, because obviously he played at a smaller school at Liberty. He, he started off his career at Auburn, but I think uh, his draft stock has really rose in the last you know month or two here. He had a, a good showing at the Senior Bowl. I thought that he was the best quarterback down there in Mobile, or at least you know the most impressive, uh, biggest arm, uh, fastest player. And at the combine, there was buzz that he could go number two overall to the Detroit Lions. I still think that that's a possibility. Uh, I've talked to some other people in the league who think that his range is really anywhere, really from from the seventh overall pick to the fifteenth overall pick. But he's the top quarterback on the majority of NFL teams' draft boards. Uh, I know that you know some teams have Kenny Pickett up there. Maybe one or two teams have Sam Howell. But as far as a consensus goes, uh, Malik Willis is that number one guy. So you know, chances are he's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board. Obviously, crazy things can happen. And if one of those teams that has Kenny Pickett number one on their draft board or, or Sam Howell or some other quarterback, you know, there is still the possibility that that team is drafting before a team wants Malik Willis. But I think it's a pretty good bet to have Willis as, as the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, and, and the odds suggest that Malik Willis minus 200 to be the first quarterback. Kenny Pickett plus 180. But if we get a surprise, Sam Howell, you can find at about plus 1,600. The the odds would tell us, Doug, that the first overall pick, based on the Jaguars' actions, are going to be defense. Aiden Hutchinson, he's now minus 400. Do you agree with that? And uh, what's going to happen with uh, number two and three? 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that Aiden Hutchinson will be the top pick uh, unless something as a major surprise happens with the Jaguars, whether they trade you know, Cam Robinson, who they just franchised, or if they trade uh, one of their other tackles. And there's still, I guess, a, a slight possibility that Aiken McQuanu or Evan Neal could be the number one overall pick. But as it currently stands, as the Jaguars roster is currently constructed, uh, it does look like a pretty safe bet that Aiden Hutchinson will be the top pick. Uh, as far as number two overall goes, like I said, I think that the safest or the, the one that I've heard the most um, would be Malik Willis. If it's not Willis, uh, I was talking to another NFL executive who, who thought that the Lions could actually go offensive line at number two overall. I know that that might come as a bit of a surprise since they just took uh, Penn Isol, uh, you know, in, in, with their first pick last year. They've still got uh, Decker in there as well, Taylor Decker. But, you know, I think the theory there would be that they could have someone like Ikemokwanu fill in at guard early in his career and then move over to tackle uh, once Decker leaves the Lions. So I think that, you know, if it's not Willis, it certainly could be one of those two offensive linemen, either a Quanu uh, or Stephen Neal. And then, you know, how, how the draft board sh- you know, shakes out beyond that, I guess is kind of anyone's guess. Um, but, you know, I, I think that those tackles will be going pretty early, both Aquanu and Stephen and, and Evan Neal. It sounds like Baker Mayfield's future was a popular topic yesterday at Malik Willis's Pro Day. Um, no simple resolution here, but where could you see Baker landing? You know, it's it's tough. I think the most logical place would be the Seattle Seahawks, um, but the Browns just don't have a lot of leverage right now because there's only two teams out there really who need starting quarterbacks, and that's uh, the Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers. Um, Carolina Panthers aren't interested in Baker Mayfield, so that kind of takes them out of the mix. So the Seattle Seahawks can basically just sit there and wait, I think, until the Browns get desperate. I'm sure that, you know, at some point, Baker Mayfield will be moved for something uh, because it actually benefits the Browns to trade him rather than releasing him. If they trade him, then the new team takes on his guaranteed salary. If they release him, then they still have to pay him that whatever it is, $18.58 million, whatever it is, uh, in 2022, and then any other new deal that he would sign would offset that that guaranteed money. So, like I said, my guess would be the Seahawks. There's always a possibility that you know there could be a wild card team like the Lions if they prefer Baker Mayfield to Jared Goff, or the Houston Texans if they want to you know hold off Davis Mills for another year. But I, I don't know. To me, it, it really kind of looks like the Seahawks or bust for Baker Mayfield. Doug, are the San Francisco 49ers going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, it seems like the uh, game of musical chairs with quarterbacks is, is almost finished, and Garoppolo's still a niner, and a lot of teams have either filled through free agency, or obviously a few will fill it through the draft here. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I think that the Carolina Panthers still could be in the mix uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Houston Texans are probably a more logical fit for Garoppolo than they would be for Baker Mayfield just because of uh, Nick Casario's history with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Nick Casario, the Texans GM, was the Patriots director of player personnel when Garoppolo was drafted by New England in 2014. So there is a connection there. Uh, But ultimately, the fact that Garoppolo underwent shoulder surgery after the season, it delays when he can start throwing again. I think there's reports that that might be as, as early as early July. That means that maybe he's on the field for training camp. Uh, he would miss OTAs and minicamp at that point. So it's not a great timeline if you're trying to rush a quarterback onto the field 
and get him ready to start in week one. And that's you also throw in the, the factor that he's on the last year of his contract. So whether it's with the Panthers or the Texans or wherever he might go, he might only be a one-year fill-in anyway. So you're, you're basically just rushing him on the field to play one season. So it's a tough situation. I, I almost do think that you know him staying with the 49ers until the summer might be the most likely outcome, how all of this goes. And I don't know if that's the worst thing for the 49ers because I don't think that they know at this point what they have in Trey Lance. They only got to see him start two games last year. I think within that organization, there's a lot of uncertainty over what they have in Trey Lance. So at least keeping Jimmy Garoppolo in that building until training camp and seeing what Lance can do over the spring really might ultimately not be the worst thing for the 49ers and what could be kind of a wide-open NFC. Big odd shift uh, for some pretty good reason with the quarterback carousel involving Denver in Cleveland. I, w- I want to remove them from the conversation for a minute because we, we understand why those odds change, maybe an overreaction. Uh, but what about some of the other moves? This week, we've got Matt Ryan going to Indy, it's Mariota to Atlanta, Trubisky to Pittsburgh, Wentz to Washington. Do you like any of those? Do you view any of those as upgrades? Yeah, I, I think that Matt Ryan is a pretty significant upgrade for the Colts. And um, I think that the commanders deserve a lot of criticism for how they handled this offseason and the way that they, you know, kind of hurried to get a quarterback in Carson Wentz, probably gave up significantly too much to acquire him when the Colts were then able to kind of wait back and wind up getting a better quarterback. Obviously, Matt Ryan is significantly older than Carson Wentz. Uh, If things go perfectly in both situations, Carson Wentz will be with the commanders far longer than Matt Ryan would be with the Indianapolis Colts. But I just I like that Colts team a lot more with Matt Ryan as their quarterback than I did with Carson Wentz, just because, you know, his floor is so much higher than Carson Wentz. He's not going to make those, you know, dumb decisions like Carson Wentz says. He's not going to make those brutal mistakes. I do think the Colts definitely still need help, uh, you know, with their skill positions, whether that's at tight end. Certainly they need upgrades at wide receiver, but I'm a lot more confident in the Colts' ability to, you know, contend this season, even in a really tough AFC with Matt Ryan at quarterback than I do with Carson Wentz there. Man, I love it. The commanders making bad decisions. Shocking. Um, I am curious about what your thoughts are with Russell Wilson. He goes to the AFC. Do you think he's going to find success at this stage of his career against some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? You know, it's it's a good question because Russell Wilson wasn't great last season. And that was, I'd say, he started out hot. Um, but even before the injury, he kind of tailed off a little bit. That being said, he's going into a, a very advantageous situation in Denver, and they've got some of the best overall weapons, I'd say, uh, in the NFL, even after trading away Noah Fant. Uh, Javante Williams was great last season as a rookie running back. I think that he'll only get better here in 2022. Uh, they've got great receivers in Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy. Uh, Albert Okulebunam is a good tight end. Uh, might not be quite as good as Noah Fant, but they've still got a really solid option there at tight end. So I think the Broncos are going to be good this season. I think that, you know, they were just really missing that quarterback last season when 
you know, it just really didn't go that well for them with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. So I, Russell Wilson is as massive of an upgrade at quarterback as he'll see this offseason in the NFL. So it's a really tough division. It's a really tough conference. But with Russell Wilson in there, I do expect them uh, to be serious contenders, both in that division uh, and in the conference. And I think that, you know, they could wind up being this year's, you know, L.A. Rams. I'm not sure if they've got quite the upside on defense, even though they do. They've made some some positive moves there, acquiring Randy Gregory, getting D.J. Jones in there. Uh, but just, you know, having that upgrade at quarterback, I think, really does vault them into contender status. We're talking to Doug Kide, Pro Football Focus here. Doug, um, what's been the reaction of people you've talked to around the NFL to the Deshaun Watson contract? You know, we know the trade and we know that he chose the Browns and the sweepstakes was uh, kind of nauseating from my perspective, but we knew he'd get traded and we knew it'd go somewhere. But the contract here, I heard Joe Banner yesterday talking about how it could change the NFL forever. $230 million guaranteed. No quarterbacks ever gotten anything closest, including Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what's been the reaction around the NFL to what the Browns gave him contract-wise? It's it's such a, a strange topic because in in one way, like you said, it is it's nauseating and it's kind of gross that he was able to sit out a year while facing 22 civil lawsuits alleging uh, sexual misconduct and then come out of that with a massive pay increase, guaranteed salary, uh, the way that they you know reduced his 2022 salary. Uh, to lessen any sort of suspension. So obviously all of that is difficult to talk to, talk about, uh, and ultimately, you know, like like I said, kind of gross. At the same time, this guaranteed salary will probably wind up being a really good thing for NFL players in the future. So you do kind of have to talk about both sides of it. I think that in the interim, this is going to be really good for quarterbacks because I think that top-tier quarterbacks from here on out can look at this contract and look at Kirk Cousins' contract and say, okay, well, I also want a fully guaranteed contract. If they could get it, then I deserve it. And then I think that after that, other quarterbacks, some of the mid-tier quarterbacks can start asking for it. And after that, the top-tier wide receivers and running backs and, and cornerbacks and you know really important positions, those guys can start asking for it. And then I think down the line – this will this will kind of build up and everyone will get these guaranteed contracts. I don't know how long that's going to take for it to come to everyone, but I think for a guy like, you know, say like Tyreek Hill, he should probably be waiting out for a fully guaranteed contract at this point since he is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is in a great place right now, having not signed a contract yet. I think that he could ask for fully guaranteed money from the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, I think that ultimately – despite the fact that it didn't come in the best situation, that fully guaranteed contract will be a really good thing for NFL players uh, to start having those, those contracts guaranteed. Doug, for the landscape of the NFL, do you think it's a good thing that they are, there are so many more high-quality quarterbacks in the AFC compared to the NFC where the list is three, maybe four if Dak is good, but it's so much longer if you go to the AFC and – in, in a sense, the expectation is it's probably going to remove the elements of, of surprise that we see from year to year with the team going from worst to first. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a, a great thing that it, it's stacked the way that it is, um, but I do think that it's obviously kind of really interesting that the AFC is going to be so competitive this season, whereas 
a team like the Patriots, say, were able to make the playoffs last year was, you know, not the greatest roster rookie quarterback, kind of wind up coming down to coaching. I think that that's going to be a lot more difficult for teams like that now to sneak into the AFC. I will still say, though, that obviously the power has shifted quite a bit more towards the AFC, and they are loaded with young quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, there are still definitely some quality quarterbacks in the NFC as well. I think it just makes it that it makes it more predictable in the NFC that teams like the Buccaneers uh, with Tom Brady, the Rams with Matthew Stafford, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Those are going to be the top teams basically based solely on the fact that they do have those those top tier quarterbacks. Great stuff. Doug Kide on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. On the other side, we'll dive into tonight's NBA slate, including two players battling for the scoring title head-to-head. That's next on the BeckQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.